Welcome to the very first episode of The Voices of Ocean Parkway. I'm your host, Victor Zaytuni, and this is the podcast for every runner using running as a medium to connect to the rest of the world. The goal of this podcast will be to take a deep dive into the running scene of OPR, New York City, and beyond. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your content. I am so excited to introduce our very first guest, the founder of Ocean Parkway Runners, David Belasiano. David is an extremely accomplished runner and triathlete, but as you'll hear soon, he may not have been the classic natural-born athlete. I had such a great time chatting about everything from his origin story in the sport to how Ocean Parkway Runners was founded and what motivates and inspires him to continue to lace up. Without further ado, here is my conversation with David B. Hey, David, and welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to have you. Hey, Victor. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Now we're, we're, we're really excited you took the time and especially excited because this is our first episode. So as you'll hear and as everyone will hear, we gave a bit of an intro to yourself before this. But if you don't mind just filling us in, where did you get started? How did you get into running and how did we find ourselves here today? Oh, wow. So it's actually I'm celebrating. It's almost the 10 year anniversary of running, which to me is, is a big milestone. Um, people ask me from time to time, they see me and they say, you still running? You know, when people ask me that question, you know, I don't know if I should get offended or I should be like, you know, feel flattered because it's 10 years of running. Um, but it started back in 2009. Um, at the time I was working really, really hard. I had my own business and I worked many, many hours a day. Um, I was in the city. I used to call Mr. Broadway and have a jumbo Wally burger for lunch every day. And it was great. And once in a while, I'd get a, a hot dog with it as, you know, just a, as a side dish. Um, and that was really bad because, you know what, I, I wasn't always very heavy, but I actually ballooned up to about 273 on the scale, which was a really, really overweight and bad situation for me. Um, at the time, I was on five different medications. I was taking cholesterol medicine. I was taking high blood pressure medicine. And I was in the beginning stages of diabetes. And I was at 39 years old. And it wasn't because, uh, you know, it wasn't really genetics. It was because I was just not taking care of myself. I was working 12-hour days in the city, taking the train, driving, whatever it was. But it was just, it wasn't a good place for me um, on a physical basis. And I decided I wanted to make a change. Um, I had lost my father when I was 21. And you know what? He had a bunch of heart attacks. It wasn't good. And I realized... You know, I don't want to do that to my kids. I don't want to leave them early. And at the rate I was going, my doctor would tell me, you know, things are not good. You're on five medicines. You're on two different medicines for cholesterol, and your cholesterol is not even getting better. So you better make a change. You better make a change. So what I started doing was changing my diet. I cut out the Jumbo Wally burgers, which I, I really missed, by the way. They were really delicious. Um, and I started um, eating a lot less meat and just watching what I was eating which was a great way to start losing the weight because I think that most of it is like what you eat. Um, but then I started walking and I started moving a little bit. So I used to work on 34th Street and I said, let mm -hmm. me take the train at West 4th, which was, you know, it's about 30 blocks, about three miles. I think it's about three miles. And in the city, you know, when you walk, you don't feel it as people, you know, especially in nice weather, you, know, you could walk for 
blocks and blocks and not really feel it. And it felt good. I was walking every night to the train for those, let's say, whatever it was, 40 minutes it would take me, 45 minutes. Um, and it felt good. And then I said, you know what? Let me, let me continue this and walk at home, you know, Ocean Park. Let me just go to Ocean Park and walk. So mm -hmm. I started walking a lot and it felt good mentally. And, you know, the, I was losing a little bit of weight. And then I said, you know what, let me start running a little bit. Let me, I could, let me see if I can make it to the next, to a tree, like from one tree to the next yeah. tree. You know, I just want, I want a tree. I don't want the block. Yeah. And you were still dressed for work for this or were you, were you at this point? No, you no, no. This was clothes. like, you know, after work, I would put on, you know, my basketball sneakers, you know, or whatever it was, you That's know, how and, we all and started. I'd go out, put sweatpants on and just go walking. And then I said, let me just go from one tree to the next tree. And, and I started doing that. It was great. And then I said, you know what? Let me do two trees. Let me do three trees. You know what? I was doing it. And I felt great. The pounds were starting to come off. You know, mentally and physically, I felt better. And I said, let me do a block, two blocks. Two blocks turned into 10 blocks. 10 blocks turned into 20 blocks. And I would come home at night and say, honey, I, I ran three miles today. I can't believe I ran three miles. Just like in a, It was like mind-blowing for me because a guy like me had never mm -hmm. did something like that in my entire life. My friends would make fun of me because they knew that I, you know, I used to smoke cigarettes too. I mean, I had quit previously, but I used to quit smoking. Mm -hmm. This guy running on Ocean Park, it was funny. You know, it was actually comical that a guy like me that was just not interested in moving would do something like that. So that, that's how I got started running. It was just, you know, going from block to block and it wasn't anything, um, like I didn't have someone teach me. I didn't have anybody explain to me, you know, what to do. I just put one foot in front of the other and I really loved yeah. it and it was great. And, you know, um, eventually, uh, some of my friends said, oh, there's a race in Prospect Park, a 5K. Uh, and I didn't know what a 5K was. I don't know. I, I, I do remember years ago, by the way, where you ran a 5K, but I think you, you got lost and ran it twice. Oh, yes. I, I ran closer to eight miles than that one. But that's yeah, but I think you still came in top time. three. That was the funny part. It was only three <laughs> miles for everybody else. Um, but I, I decided to do a 5K, which I signed up for was with uh, J Runners was actually the name of the group that was doing it. And they were doing it for a charity. Yeah. And it was in Prospect Park. And I said, all right, I'll do it. So I, I went and I, and I signed up for the race. And I think it was, um, I think it took me about 45 minutes to finish or maybe even closer to 50 minutes to finish. And I was one of the last guys that finished the race. But I will never forget the people cheering for me. And the reaction that I got. The greatest feeling. And I just said, wow, what is this? This was like amazing. The feeling was absolutely amazing. I said, I need to do more of this. I really do. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I signed up for any race that I could possibly support, um, one after the other. And, you know, I've been running yeah. since then. For sure. And, and I could say, looking through your previous races, um, I've went, I looked you up on Athlinks. That list goes on and on. It goes, like you said, all the way back to 2010 and the number of things you've jumped on is absolutely incredible. But one of the things I'd actually love to touch on that you spoke about was you mentioned um, that you lost your father when you were younger. And, and the reverse side is you didn't want to see that from your kids. And, and I saw, um, looking back at, through social media, that one of your kids made... Um, a bit of a, a, a project for school talking about like how proud they were of you as your dad, that you made that transition. And I'm curious how that felt when you got to see that post. Um, and I could read it right here. It says my dad, he used to have diabetes. What, um, and what happened next? He started running and he ran a half marathon. 
and they show the two pictures side by side. I'm curious when you see something like that and you see that like what you actually envisioned flipped around, how did that feel as a dad, as an inspiration? Um, and from all yeah, those That was my son, Raymond, who did it for maybe his fourth or fifth grade project. When he showed that to me, that was probably one of the proudest moments of my life. You know, I, I, could, I could actually say that I was touched in a way that I never thought I would ever feel by Raymond doing that for his fourth or fifth grade project, I don't remember. But yeah, he put a before picture of me when I was really, really big. You know, I mean, really, really big. You look at it and you, it's like almost unrecognizable. And then you look at the picture afterwards where, you know, I, I was lean. I, you could see the smile on my face. This was really early in. Yes. Big smile on my face, finishing a race. And I, mm -hmm. you know, I gotta tell you, it was inspiring uh, to my family, which meant a lot to me, but it was really like such an amazing moment for me. My fifth grade year old son appreciated what I did and I didn't tell him to do it. No one, you know, he did it on his own and it was just like truly an amazing feeling. I mean, and that's very special. I think that's the reason, I mean, we all do a lot of this for ourselves and we feel great, but on the outside, a lot of it's because the world around us gets inspired in some way. And when it could be that close to home, I think it's yeah. something very special. Um, and I think that if I'm not mistaken, that's the same year, 2015, where you did your first New York yeah, City marathon. Yeah, actually, um, that was an interesting time. Is that I signed up for the marathon the year before. I don't remember what year it was, but I, I had gotten injured one year. Hurricane Sandy knocked me out one year. And I said, I just have to do it. I really didn't know what I was being involved with. And it was probably uh, one of the hardest things I ever did. But, you know, at the time, I really had no clue what I was signing up for or doing. So I was just trying to do it with a you know, positive attitude. Let me just do it. Let me just do it as long as it takes, yeah. I'll do it. I had one goal though. My goal was to finish under five hours. And the reason for that is because if you finish under five hours, and you might know this, but many people don't know this, but they put your name in the New York Times the next day, but only for people oh, no that way. finish under five hours. So for you, you have no problem with that. For okay. me, I think it was 4.55 or 4.57 I finished. I made it by three wow. minutes just... and that was just like an amazing, amazing, um, you know, time of my life. The, the, something like the New York City Marathon, I know it sounds crazy. People say, how can you possibly do that? How can you possibly run for 26.2 miles? How... And I want to say, how can you not do it? It is the most amazing mm -hmm. feeling that I've ever experienced in my entire life. And I did it four times. So and I'm very happy. This year, I was going to do it again. Um, and, you know, this year, you know, all the races got canceled. Um, I got to tell you, I did it one year. The, one of the probably the, the most uh, beautiful moments of my running career is when my son, Joe, Joe, who's now 22, but when at the time he was like 18 and he joined me in the You beat me to the question, by the way. I was, that's <laughs> oh, what so I was you saw the that. Instagram post. Yeah, I mean, that's like, to me, that was amazing. Of course. You know, Joe, was, he actually signed up for the entire race, but he decided not to do the entire race because he didn't train for it properly. So he, so I said, Joe, just jump in. Jump in the last 10 miles. He's in really good shape, mm -hmm. Joe. He's very, very fit, naturally strong, and he's able to run 10 miles without training. And he'll run it pretty fast, and he won't even be sore. You know, he'll just do it. So he jumped in with me in, the, in like, I think, 62nd Street or whatever it was. It was like the last 10 miles of the race. And at that point, I mean, I was at mile 18, 19. I was in pain. I mean, this is painful. For me, it's painful to run these marathons. It's not easy. For everyone, I, I joke around. I said, yeah. to the marathon does. Hurting me. Everything was hurting. The whole body was hurting, even my eyebrows. But what Joe did with his strength was he put his arm and his shoulder behind me 
and his hand was pushing me for the last seven or eight miles. He pushed me. He literally pushed me for seven or eight miles. And it was funny because one moment I'm like, Joe, I love you. You're so good to me. He's such a good son. <laughs> and the next minute I'm like, leave me alone. You pushed it too hard. I can't take it anymore. I'm in so much pain, you know, like so those two feelings yeah. are just, you know, it was worth it because they got a picture of us you know, in Central Park, and you see the look on my face, and I'm in so much pain, and you see Joe's hand behind me. And I said, wow, that's great. And actually, I blew it up. It's in my office. My eyes are closed in the picture, like Forrest Gump, but it doesn't matter, you know? I, I was great. just happy to have that. So, yeah, that was a great moment. That, that's fantastic. Um, and, and I have to say, I think we can talk about running and your story forever. Um, but I'd actually love to shift a little bit and talk about where OPR and how that came about within this whole story of um of running like at what point did, did this just come about and how did um, i want to say i want to thank my wife for opr why because she just got so tired of me talking about running you know honey can you <laughs> believe it i ran four miles that lisa i had the best run today you know how great my the weather was great it was 20 degrees but i loved every minute of it you know and she just looked at me and like oh my oh god my god when is this guy gonna stop talking about running she did i mean she was very supportive she came to all my races, you know, she, she took care of, of me. She would get a little upset at me because I would go on a 10 mile run on, you know, on a Sunday morning and come home and like, honey, can you get my wallet from the other room? Like you just ran 10 miles. You can't even walk yeah. to the room. I said, no, I'm too lazy right now. As runners, <laughs> we are the laziest of breed right, outside right. of running. So that's how, you know, I mean, she was very supportive, but then, it, um, it was interesting because I would bump into people on ocean parkway. And as you, as you know me already, I'm not, shy person you know so i would see somebody and i'd smile i'd say hello you know and i, I would bump into guys like Sally elman who you know i met him many years ago running on ocean parkway and um and we became fast friends you know we said listen you know we both have a, a, mm -hmm. something that in common that we love so much uh, let's you know let's talk about it so we would see each other on the road we'd run yeah. afterwards we'd text each other we'd start talking um, I would see guys like Ralph Tusi. I would see guys like Ari Baum or Gary Levy, um, Elliot Simhom. These guys were like, they were out on Ocean Parkway running. And we'd bump into each other. We, we became friends. And, that's, and we said, you know what? You know, WhatsApp was starting to get popular. Chats were starting to get popular. I said, let me make a chat. So we made a running chat. It wasn't called Ocean Parkway. It was just like a running chat. And it was, it was mm -hmm. fun chat. We talk about running every night. It was a very competitive chat, by the way, that we they yeah. were really competitive with each other and they would talk, you know, but whatever, you know, we all enjoyed running. We shared um, that passion. And the best part about it is I stopped talking to my wife about it. I found other people that actually cared, you know. So I want to say my wife is definitely really the main reason why. Um, and then what we did was we all had Garmin watches and Garmin, you know, and I highly recommend Garmin for anybody that's. Out, you know, that started running to get a Garmin watch. I know there's mm -hmm. Fitbit, there's Apple Watch, you know, people use Strava. I know you use Strava. I don't think you use Garmin as much, yeah. but, um, you know, Garmin was great because they have something called Garmin Connect, which is like the kind of like mm -hmm. an Instagram for running where you, you log, you, you do your run, it syncs your to the Garmin Connect. So you see your run, it sees how far you went, it sees where you went. And anybody that's following you could go in there and, and press like, just like on Instagram, you press like. You know, and people love yeah. getting, you know, they love Instagram. They don't love it as much yeah. because Instagram, you know, like I think that people don't care about my, how far I ran that day. You know, I think people actually get annoyed. Like people make 
funny people that post their run. Yes, like why does everyone keep right. posting their morning run in right. their stories? It's like if I wanted to see the run, I'd be out right, there. Right, right, right. Like they live. It's like there's something on TikTok. It's like, is he out running at seven in the morning? Why? Who's chasing you? But meanwhile, you know, we love that. <laughs> we love running. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. we put together the Garmin Connect group. And then all of a sudden, I went for my run. And even though I was like, you know, 10 minute pace, Sally Elman went, he liked it and he wrote a comment. Great run, Dave. And that made me feel great, you know, like, and then yeah. a bunch of other guys started pressing like and leaving comments. And I did the same for them. So we had a, a, a Garmin Connect group. We had the chat. We were starting to bond. I would see people on Ocean Parkway, like you. And I would say, hey, you know, we have a chat. You want to join our chat? You know, I never added anybody to it. I would just send them the link to join. Send us the link. <laughs> because always. I don't want anybody to get mad at me by adding them. So, you know, they, they would join the yeah. chat and then the, the group grew and grew and grew. And then we, I said, we got to make this a little bit more official. And, you know, I, I came up with the name Ocean Parkway Runners, you know, because we ran on Ocean Parkway. That's where we all met. Even though we'd run to Prospect Park, we'd run to Coney Island. You know, mm-hmm. that's how we all kind of met each other through Ocean Parkway. Yeah, right. it's our home base. Ocean Parkway Runners. It seemed appropriate. It seemed like an appropriate name. So we renamed the chat. We renamed mm-hmm. the Instagram. You know, we created an Instagram account. Uh, we renamed the Garmin group. Um, I made a website, and then and that and you know from there on, um, we just grew and grew. And then I decided, you know what? Maybe we could do something good with this. You know, let's let's make it into. We had a meeting in my house in in 2017, and I invited like the whole group of guys, all the guys that you mentioned. Ralph Nasser was there, um, Morris Elbaz, a, a bunch of guys came, and we yeah. decided let's make it into a nonprofit. And you know. Part of the reasons, like were almost selfish reasons, because we would get into races if we had a, you know, we could go to New York Road Run and say, hey, give us some spots. We're a nonprofit mm-hmm. group. But we figured the money that we would raise from that, we'd give it to charity. Yeah. It'd do a lot of good. So, yeah, so we gave some of the money, you know, like, for example, we'd, we'd raise money for the race and we'd give it to the Corvallis. We'd give it to SBH. We'd give it to the Sparta Community Center. We gave it to places that we felt were, um, you know, great and part of what we wanted to be part of. And it, and it worked out great. So since 2017, we're, we're a nonprofit. You know, we're not a money group. We're really not. We're not about money at all, you know, but. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, there's no, like, we don't charge fees or admissions no, for no. Our, our group, but there's definitely another yeah, component no, of all. it. We don't, we really don't, you know, we have, um, we get four spots a year for the New York City Marathon. And so what we do is we charge uh, fundraising for that. You know, we, in, like last year it was 1800 mm-hmm. to get a spot. Um, and then we use the money for whatever, you know, whatever we need it for. We make shirts, we, we sponsor people for races. Like, you know, maybe some of our runners are, you know, not able to come up with some of the race fees. We'll sponsor them because we feel that it's important that they go out and run. They're, they're showing an example to the community. You know, some of the guys, let's say, are tight or, or whatever the reason may you know, be. We'll sponsor people to run. We'll, we'll do whatever we can to try to help our fellow runners with some of that money. But for the most part, we're really not about money at all, you know. We're, we're more about um, just support and camaraderie and, and um, encouragement and motivation and stuff like that. For sure. Um, and I know, like you mentioned, we're not necessarily about the money, but OPR does so many fantastic things behind the scenes. And there's just a lot going on that I think probably most of the people listening, most of the people in the OPR chat, and most people in general just don't know about. If you, are there any stories you can share? Obviously, like holding anonymity for whoever was helped or whatever details being withheld. But that show a bit of like what OPR really is and what they really do. And yeah, I mean, represents. look, we have, um, you know, a lot of behind the scenes. 
but not really once again through the money. I mean, the money has been there to help a few different people, like in certain circumstances, like for example, um, you know, it's one of our runners got hurt and they couldn't, they didn't have insurance. So we'll, we'll cover the expenses for physical therapy and things like that. Um, but it's really, I think more about once again, the support and the encouragement, you know, people, sometimes they, you know, either they're in an unhealthy place, physically, mentally running is a proven way to become healthy, like I said, physically and mentally. So just the support of going out, saying, guys, who's going? Let's go today. Pushing somebody. You know, I've, I, I can't tell you how many times um, I've heard people say, I'm so happy I went today. I'm happy you pushed me. I'm happy you motivated me to go. Mm-hmm. My whole day was great because of it. And I've also heard the opposite. I've heard the opposite. You know, I skipped today's run. And my whole day was just like really, you know, you don't feel you good. You just don't feel you know? as good. I've heard Nothing that many missing. times before, you know, but as far as uh, what we do, and I, I think that's what, you know, I think that's what we're about. We're really more about camaraderie, friendship, encouragement, motivation, and pushing each other to get out and be healthy. And a lot of great friendships have come out of Ocean Park. I know me personally, I've made a lot of great friends, all different ages, and, and I love it. And I'm so happy that it opened the doors and opportunity, you know, to do that. A hundred percent. And I can say personally, I've benefited from the friendships I've created from, from OPR. And my friends laugh pretty often. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to catch up with some friends over a run. And then they'd see me running with people who are probably right. over double my age. I'm like, yeah, those are all my friends. Right. Like, we're going for a run. I guess I'd love if you don't mind touching on some of that aspect of OPR, like the social aspect, some of the events that OPR puts on more for social than for running. Um, And one of the examples could be the summer run that we had um, where they handed out those shirts. Obviously there was a little running component, but there was no official race. Everyone really just got together. And so what what does that component of OPR mean to you? And what do you really hope people take away from just being at these events right, and right. being a part so of let the let me group. tell you, so first of all, we did one this summer, but if you, you rewind a little bit further, we did our first run, I think it was two years ago, we did a 5K um, in front of the Sparta Community Center. And what we did is we, we said, we'll charge a small fee and we'll get a few sponsors. And the money that we raise, 100% mm-hmm. of the proceeds we'll give to Bikorhul Neiman, the Sparta Community Center, because like they're, you know, they're part of us. We feel that we, you know, Bikorhul Neiman mm-hmm. has been a huge, huge, factor for Ocean Parkway runners for OPR, um, because if it wasn't for SBH, I wouldn't have met many of these runners because they did, for example, for years, they've been doing the Disney SBH uh, half marathon. Um, You know, so I participated as a runner and then they asked me to be a trainer. And then, you know, so I like I helped other people complete that marathon, which I love doing because I love watching Mm -hmm. people that say I could never do it and then see them do it. And the feeling of accomplishment they get yeah, is just like, you know, it's just, I get high on watching other people, you know, feel that, that sense of accomplishment. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so we've helped, you know, so many people over the years by doing that. Um, so we decided to do a 5K and it was funny. We had, first of all, we have the best committee in the world. I got to tell you, we have um, Morris Dweck who is like, I respect him. He is, you know, I want to say my role model. Yeah, yeah. he's Mar- just like Mar- one of the Mar- most amazing the most people I've ever met in my life. He's such a doer. He does so many different things and he does it so quietly and he's so humble and he gets things done. But like, it, he always comes up with an idea. Like, he's like, Dave, let's do a 5K. I'll handle everything. You just like, you know, get the people and just do it. So, so we decided to do a 5K. <laughs> he called in like 24 hours, the police department, the center, SBH. He called, I don't know, judges. I don't know who he called, but we had a police <laughs> presence. 
We had guards. We had the streets closed off. We had everything in like 24 hours, all because of Morris just getting on the phone and making a few phone calls. And, you know, I want to say he also helped sponsor, you know, because we got everybody's shirts and we got we got uh, Gatorade and whatever else we got, little medals. It was like silly little things that make people so happy. A little medal, a T-shirt, you know, makes people so happy. So we had our race on probably one of the biggest rainy days of the year. Like it was pouring. It was bucket. Yep. May 5th of 2019. It was a rough <laughs> I day. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I remember that. I got on my bicycle. I was the lead guy on the bike. And, you know, these guys were running faster than me. You were running faster. We had Ralph. We had Heshi. We had a bunch of different guys. And it was just like a really, really, really stay. So that was our first 5K. And then we wound up giving a, a check to the Coraline and to the center, which was great. We had hundreds of runners show up in right. pouring rain. Everyone had a smile on their face. We had kids getting medals because we did age group. You know, we, people were so happy. And then to top it off, we gave money away to nice organizations that really appreciated it. You know, mm -hmm. they felt great about it. So, you know, I, I think that was amazing. Then we did um, another 5K where uh, we did a couple more fives, but um, where the center was involved. They had another program where they did teams, which was a lot of fun. And then the one that you mentioned now is the one that we did this past summer. We did a socially distance five mile run, I think it was. And we did it in, in Deal. And mm -hmm. we started in, in uh, right by Asbury, right by the beginning of that. Like, right? Cass and Beach. Yeah, right and Asbury, then we went yeah. all the way to Bradley Synagogue. Mm -hmm. back. Once again, we had, I don't know, I think it was like 50 right. or 60 people show up all wearing red shirts, keeping distant from each other, trying not to be noticed. But you're wearing red. It's hard not to be it noticed. It was a lot of fun. And once again, it was the committee. It was Mars Dweck. It was Ralph Nasser. It was Michelle Eskenazi, who's just amazing. Like, you know, you want something to get done, you give it to Michelle, you give it to Ralph, they get it done. And it was just like a, you know, a very fun day and very, you know, people are very happy. Um, one thing we also did this past summer, which I hope we could do a lot more, is um, weekly uh, uh, speed workouts and deal. Yeah, those were definitely fun. It was amazing. Great it was amazing. I, I want to thank Ralph Nasser for that. You know, he was the one that came up with the idea and he actually did the runs every week for the most part. I know at one point we even had two different sessions in the morning. Um, and that was great for, you know, a lot of people were involved. It's also great because, you know, a guy like me, I can't keep up. You know, if you, you know, we do these, everyone, um, people don't know this, but we have a few different group runs every week. We have the Avenue S crew. We have the Avenue J mm -hmm. crew. And then you have like the David crew where I'm by myself because I can't really keep up with you guys. They're all running seven and eight minute pace, in some cases, six pace, um, you know, so. But Ralph did a weekly track session, which I think was great for me. I was, first of all, I was able to run with everybody because you're doing loops in a, in a track, you know. So we're all mm -hmm. together. Even yeah, like you're all right there. doing two loops to my one loop. But, you know, we're all together and you're really pushing yourself. And he's also teaching you how to really get faster by work, you know, by doing these track sessions. And, and people loved it. And people would show up every single week, every single week. So we want to do more of that in the future. I still actually go every Wednesday. Um, I don't have, you know, I go to Marine Park. Uh, my friend Bobby Safdie shows up. I put it out there in the chat. Whoever wants to show up to come. Mm -hmm. I think the timing is a little tough. We do it eight o'clock Wednesday mornings. And if anybody's interested, they should get in touch with me and I'll, I'll set up a program for them. I'm not a, a, a certified training coach like Ralph Nasser is a certified training coach now. He, he got certification. But, you know, I could my Garmin and I could mm -hmm. copy one of my workouts and put it on somebody's watch. And the watch will actually tell them when to speed up, when to slow down you know, when to recover, when to push. And, you know, it's, I do it for Bobby every week and he loves it. Yeah, that, that's really cool. I'm 
and I can say from being at these events and from seeing everyone talk about them, the camaraderie, the group spirit, um, and really all the values of OPR come out so clearly. Um, and I guess something I'd, I'd love for you maybe to touch on is where can people find more? Like everyone listening or everyone in OPR, how do they get involved with these group runs and or how do they start some themselves? Like you mentioned you go every Wednesday, but maybe other right. people go at a different time and just want to like publicize that. How would you recommend that people find sure. and or take so advantage I think one of, of the getting people to join ways and I, I tell everyone, check our Instagram account, Ocean Parkway Runners. You know, that's the easiest way because everyone, for the most part, has Instagram and has our contact information on Instagram. Um, you know, has the email address, the phone number. It has, um, and you could DM it, you could direct message it. Uh, we actually have um, Jack and Elbaz manages our social media account, and she's great. She puts pictures. We do a, a weekly workout. That's how you could get in touch with us and see what's going on through the Instagram account. We also have a website, Ocean Parkway Runners, which is just a reflection of the Instagram account. It's just the feed of the Instagram account. So that's one way. Mm. Basically, what you know, it, cool. it happens all the time. People will message the Instagram account and say, "What can I do?" So I say, well, there's a couple of things. Number one, we have a chat where there's, you know, close to, I don't know, 200 people in our chat. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I said, you could, probably, I'll send you yeah. the link. You could join the chat. You'll probably see people that you know in there if you look at the names. I said, I suggest you put it on mute. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to like get dinged all day long. Not that it dings all day long, but you know, from time to time, you know, it dings, you know, and no one yeah. really wants to, you know, hear dings all day long. So put it on mute. And, you know, and you'll make some friends, you'll see people, you know, recently, it's very funny, I saw a guy on Ocean Parkway, and he was running, he was on his phone talking, and he saw me and I, we started talking and I said, come in the chat, you'll, you know, you'll enjoy it. And he says, ah, I don't need a chat. I don't, I said, just come, you'll enjoy it. Now he's like, he's the happiest guy in the world. He made a bunch of new running friends. He's been doing distances that he never thought he could do. He's, you know, he made friends that have the same passion. He's probably not driving his wife crazy anymore like the way I used to drive my wife, you know? And he's really happy he joined the chat. Another yes. thing I insisted that he does, and I, I really do suggest it, if you're gonna start taking running seriously, is you get a watch, you get a good running watch. I, I recommend Garmin, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I, there's Apple Watch and there's Fitbit, but really Garmin is the premier running watch, I think. I mean, there's a few other companies out there, Suntu and you know, a bunch of others, but I think Garmin is the way to go mm -hmm. because we have the Garmin chat. Oh, I'm sorry, we have the Garmin uh, Connect group, which I mentioned earlier, and, um, cool. and you can friend people on Garmin and, and see what they're doing, see where they go and see you know, when is a good time for you to go with them. So join the chat, get a Garmin, and then get a good pair of sneakers. And then you could really be part of Ocean Parkway Runners. Don't wear the basketball sneakers like I did, you know, in those days. I mean, we, we all start off wearing whatever sneakers right. we have in our closet. I started in soccer shoes. So but not everybody we, we will all, win we races all make our like way there eventually. soccer shoes. Um, That's the difference, though, you know. By the time <laughs> that kidding. came about, I think I had a pair of running shoes. This was really fun. But there's one more thing I'd actually love to touch on. In 2017, you wrote that you planned on giving up racing after one of those triathlons. Here we are three years later and you're talking about signing up for the New York City Marathon and you, how you continue to stay inspired right. and you continue to work towards these next goals. So what is it about running, about OPR, about the whole picture that keeps you so motivated um, to get up every day and to keep working towards these goals? And on top of that, what is your biggest goal coming up? It doesn't necessarily have to be time. It just could be like an event. It could be a distance. But overall, okay, what let me keeps clarify you going? Why. And what are you working towards? I want to give up triathlon. 
first of all, you should know that it, that year I did, I think it was the New York City Triathlon. So I had to swim a mile in the Hudson River. So that, you know, that, that was pretty stinky. So, oh, you know, disaster. there was fish floating next to me. Dead. Mm-hmm. And the funny part is they were, they were going faster than me. That was the sad part too. But, but that, that also <laughs> touches on a funny story. I didn't know how to swim. All my life I grew up, I, I would swim, I would hold my nose and I would just like paddle, like, you know, and that's how I, I swam. I didn't know how to swim the proper way. And I wanted to learn how to swim the proper way. Uh, because I wanted to do a triathlon. So um, I asked people, do you know any swim teachers? And I found one great swim teacher from the community, but she didn't, she didn't teach men, you know, for modest reasons or religious. No, I don't teach men. I said, please, it's sakana. It's dangerous to let me in the pool. You got to teach me. So she gave me a few lessons from outside the pool with a stick, just in case she needed to get my head from under the water. But then um, someone recommended I get in touch with Janie from Camp Oakhurst which many of the people that are a little bit older here might remember her as the swim instructor in Camp Oakhurst. And her specialty was teaching mm-hmm. children to swim. So, and what was her specialty? Five-year-olds. And I called her up and I said, I want to do a triathlon. Do you mind if I, I you know, if I, uh, teaching me? She's like, I don't teach men. I teach five-year-olds. I said, but, you know, I said, I'm, I'm willing to learn if That's you're willing good. to teach. I'll pay you, you know. So she said, okay, I'll do it. So I went to the pool and I brought my goggles and my swim cap and, um, you know, big hairy guy in the pool and with five-year-olds. And I would see the parents come and, um, yep. and pick up the kid and look at me. I could, like, I was so embarrassed. I would wear the goggles hoping they wouldn't recognize me because it was really embarrassing. <laughs> they think you're an instructor probably. They're Trust probably me, Victor, I did not look like an instructor. I was struggling and... to keep my head above water. But she taught me how to swim. She said, look at the fish. <laughs> listen to the fish, look at the fish, listen to the fish. In other words, she taught me how to breathe. She taught me the right way. And I practiced a lot. I was motivated. I signed up for that race and I wanted to do it. And I didn't want to do it, you know, the wrong way. I wanted to do it the right way. So I practiced a lot. And that's what kept me motivated. Signing up for races is an amazing way. I mean, we're going through a tough time right now, but for me, signing up for races is the ultimate motivation because when you sign up for a race and you know you're going to do it, at least me personally, I don't want to show up unprepared and not, you know, and wing it. I don't want to do that. So I signed up for the New York City Triathlon. I learned how to swim. I swam the mile in the Hudson River. It was stinky, but it was great. It was the most incredible swim I ever had in my life. And now, you know, years later, I'm still swimming twice a week in the center. And I swim, a mile, you know, when the center pool is open, a mile at a time, twice a week. And to me, it's like an amazing feeling. And mm-hmm. I know how to swim the right way now. And I love it. Um, what keeps me motivated? Being healthy keeps me motivated. How do I keep motivated? I sign up for races. Last year, I turned 50. Uh, you know, And I said, I'm going to sign up for five big races in New York City Marathon, uh, uh, Century, uh, uh, the Grand Fondo. Uh, I had signed up for two triathlons, mm-hmm. the big ones. you know. And I said, I'm going to do this. Five of them. Big deal. I'll do it. And I signed up for everything. And I was so excited. And man plans and God laughs because every race got canceled. And, and I didn't get my God money back on any of them, but it's all right, whatever. You know, I'll do it next year. I want to sign up for more races because it keeps me motivated. I have like, you can't really see it here, but I have like a hundred medals that are sitting there. I don't know what to do with the medals. They're not, you know, I don't really do anything with them. But, you know, actually I have something very interesting too. I have um, a, a bib folio, they call it. All of my bibs of every race that I ever did. And I could show it to you, but... Um, and what wow. I did was I learned from my friend Adela Bose, who was a major inspiration to my running career. I write a note on every single bib, and I have over 100 of them, of how long it took me, who I went with, what the weather was like, how did I feel after each race. So it's like a diary of my racing. 
And, you know, I, love I look back at it now and I say, wow, you know, to mm -hmm. me it's great feelings. And I want more of that feeling. I love that feeling. So, yeah, I'll still go out running four days a week. I'll swim twice a week. I'll work out. You know, I'll do whatever I can to keep running for the long term. My goal right now is long term. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to be doing this into my old age. I love that. I have to say it's been an absolute pleasure. And it's especially cool to see the way that I, I think we both have similar stories in that start. We tried to get to the tree. We tried to walk down the block. It's, and the fact that you've made it to where you are today and have done that many major races and marathons and triathlons, it's, I mean, you're an inspiration to us all. And we're so grateful that you've started this group and brought us here. Um, and we can't wait to see thank where you, this goes. Um, so thank you for all the time. It's a pleasure. Um, and, and thank and you for also spearheading this. this. You know, I think it's wonderful. I think that um, this, this, there's so many people in our group that have a story. And I, they, I think it's the New York Roadrunners line. I don't know whose line it is, but every runner has a story. So just because I have this story doesn't mean my story is any different or more special than mm -hmm. anyone else's in our group. There are people that combat so many different challenges in life through running and through being healthy. And I think that there's so many great guys in our group and great girls in our group that you could talk to that will be so inspiring. And that's the point of this podcast. So hopefully in the next episodes of the Voices of Ocean Parkway, we'll have a lot of those guests sharing their stories. Many thanks to David B. It was so fun and inspiring sitting down and hearing almost everything he had to share. If you're looking to get more involved with the group, to learn about group runs, or just to stay up to date, follow on Instagram at Ocean Parkway Runners. Like David put so nicely, everyone has their own origin story, and I hope in the next weeks and months to have the chance to sit down with many of you to share those. If you have any feedback, comments, suggestions, or recommendations, hit us up at Voices of Ocean Parkway at gmail.com. Our next guest on the podcast will be the one and only Ralph Tusi. So stay tuned for future drops. Until then, this is the Voices of Ocean Parkway wishing you some happy and healthy running. We hope to catch you on the streets of OP pretty soon.